Town. Bridget Casey is our next guest. She is the award-winning entrepreneur behind Money After Graduation, a financial literacy website dedicated to helping 20 and 30-somethings get rich. She's also the author of a piece at the Globe and Mail where she's a personal finance columnist entitled Forget the Inheritance, Why Cash Gifts in Early Adulthood Are a Smart Financial Move for Parents and kids. Bridget Casey joins us from Calgary. Bridget, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a, it's a return visit. You and I haven't talked on the radio for a long time, but uh, and pandemic, I guess it's pre-pandemic last time you and I had a conversation on the air. Uh, so how have the last couple of years been for you? Um, I mean, for me, they've been great. I'm an investor in the stock market and cryptocurrency and I managed to buy a home. So I've had a good pandemic. <laughs> well, good for you. And, f- and money after graduation has also taken off successfully for you as well. Yeah, business is booming, I think, because a lot of young people are struggling financially and they're looking for good financial advice. And financial literacy is something that we sadly are lacking in this country, partly because we don't teach it in school, do we, Bridget? No, but if they did, then I'd be out of a job. Well, I suppose you can look at it from that perspective because you're doing rather well. But let's talk a little bit about the specifics of the article you wrote in your uh, personal finance column in the Globe and Mail, uh, this whole business of the bank of mom and dad. And in this market, we just had a conversation with Brian Rustin uh, here, Bridget, about 15 minutes ago. Brian is the COO of Century 21. And his latest numbers indicate, once again, Vancouver and this area, the lower mainland of British Columbia, is Canada's most expensive real estate market, full stop. So if you're trying to get into the housing game in this part of the world, it's it's a steep climb. And the bank of mom and dad really is the one that makes the difference in in the case of a lot of first-time home buyers. So you're suggesting more moms and dads forget the inheritance and get to giving that money out. Why? Yeah, I think distributing large cash gifts when your children are young adults will actually help to set them up financially for life rather than leaving them a large nest egg at the end. Because when you look at the lifespan in Canadi- in, of Canadians and when they have their children, when you're likely to pass away, your child might be in their 50s or 60s and nearing their own retirement where everyone likes to get a cash gifts, but it won't have the same impact as it will if they receive it in their 20s or 30s or even 40s, when at that time, it can help pay off debt, it can help buy a home, it can help with childbearing costs and all those major expenses that happen when we're really young. Yeah, Bridget, why does it seem so radical to so so many people, the idea of actually sort of getting at it while you're still here to, uh, well, first of all, enjoy watching them spend their inheritance, which is something you don't get to do if you're not around, but there seems to be a certain degree of reluctance from some. What do you sense that to be about? I think there's a lot of concern that many parents are worried that they won't actually then have enough for their own retirement, particularly if they need expensive long-term care. But the beauty of giving cash gifts earlier is you can actually give much less. Giving $10,000 when your child is 30 is actually the monetary equivalent of giving them $100,000 30 years later. So you can give smaller gifts and then it actually makes it easier to plan your own retirement later because you don't have to leave anything. 
Right. Now, just now you were talking about this in the context of inheritance. Some parents would see that as a little too loosey goosey in terms of arrangements. They want some 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 discipline, some uh, setup, some parameters around the the exchange of, of funds. So uh, gifting is one option. Sometimes they try to arrange some kind of interest free loan, for example, to attach some degree of responsibility to what would have been a gift. How about that approach? I mean, every family can do what feels is best for them. But I think if you teach your children proper financial li- financial literacy and you raise them to be responsible adults, you shouldn't necessarily be worrying that they're going to be careless with money. I also think there's a benefit to giving money young when you can watch how they're spending it, that maybe if they know you're looking at them and judging how they use it, they might be reluctant to be uh, silly or irresponsible with it. Interesting. Now, you uh, deal with a lot of 20 and 30-year-olds as a founder of Money after graduation, the recipients of said uh, munificence from the parents, uh, what are they telling you about uh, being a little more sensitive because, well, it's actually their money and they're kind of watching what we're doing with it? So I've gotten tons of DMs since this article went viral, and the kids who have received these gifts from their parents were honestly so grateful, and they talked about how much it set them up for life, and they really appreciated that their parents did that, whereas others that see their parents sitting on very large multi-million dollar nest eggs with multiple houses while they're struggling in student loan debt, can't get a foothold in the real estate market, it actually creates some tension between the family dynamic. Interesting, because, you know, you you take a look at, uh, and I'm thinking of the Bill Gates example, for example. He has adult children now and has made a very public point of saying they're not going to get all my loot. We're going to give most of our stuff away philanthropically, but the kids aren't going to get gobs of money. That's not the way this is set up. That's not the way they've been brought up. So there's a little of that, too, right? Not giving gobs of money and not providing your children the best way to establish their financial future, I think, are different methods. While Bill Gates might not give them his billions of dollars, he still has set them up very comfortably with tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. Their post-secondary was paid for. All their housing is taken care of. So it's one thing to say, like, I'm not going to make them billionaires, but it's quite another to say every other advantage that they need in life has been completely taken care of. So they are free to make their own wealth. And I think that's how parents have to think about it with their children. You're really essentially moving obstacles, removing obstacles and barriers that will let your children build their own financial security in their future. And I suppose part of it too, Bridget, is the fact that parents in retrospect realize, you know, my child hasn't been brought up or educated as 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 cleanly or as completely, rather, in terms of financial literacy as he or she could be. And now all of a sudden they're in charge of this money and uh, they may not handle it well. well. Let's flip the coin and talk to you about what young people who come to you uh, seeking guidance, uh, what is their biggest uh, falling down point in terms of financial literacy? Where do they make their biggest mistakes? Honestly, the biggest mistake people do is they rush into decisions. Like they either rush into buying a home when it's not uh, financially a good idea for them. They rush into investments without doing research. I really wish everyone would just take a little bit more time to learn and run the numbers before they jump into any decision because that can make hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in their lifetime. And uh, does the fact that it's coming as a gift from parents, does that in some cases help to slow down the process and maybe not, maybe slow the rush down to a quick walk? 
It depends how the parents are dispersing the gifts. If the parents are giving it with uh, strings attached, saying like this has to be used for a house down payment or this has to be used for something else, then I think it actually makes young people rush more into those financial decisions. Interesting. I know the other apprehension on the part of parents, of course, is because a lot of this stuff comes down at a at an occasion. Someone gets married. Well, here's a here's a good whack of dough. Go buy yourselves a house. Well, not all of those work out. Statistics Canada will tell you that fifty. Percent of marriages end in divorce. So a lot of this stuff can go sideways, Bridget, and that has moms and dads a little worried about this kind of stuff because if it goes sideways, so does the gift. Yes, yeah, so there's interesting applications of that. If you are gifting your child a large financial gift, you do want to do it before they are married and you do want to make sure that they put it in their own investments. If you gift it after marriage and they use it for something like a down payment on the marital home, uh-huh. then in that case, it will be considered joint property. But you can, of course, sit down with a lawyer before you get married, which you absolutely should do to craft a prenup that lays out many of these things. But yeah, when it comes to cash financial gifts, if it's a down payment for the marital marital home, it is going to belong to both partners. Exactly. Okay. So uh, you just made a great point, sitting down with a lawyer and uh, they don't cost an arm and a leg, especially if you only want 15 minutes of their time. And it should only take you 15 minutes to sit down with someone who knows what's going on to tell you how to properly go through the process of gifting money to whoever you choose to give it to, because there are legal issues attached to sums of money, plain and simple, right? Exactly. And I don't think you might need more than 15 minutes with a lawyer, but I think even spending, say, $1,000 or $2,000 to draw up an agreement that protects your wealth, if that's going to protect hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of dollars in a home, then it's, it's worth spending that money. Right. And I, I entitled uh, this segment with you, The Bank of Mom and Dad, not a risk-free zone. And it isn't, Bridget, is it? That's that's totally true. I think parents are reluctant to let go of their wealth, so they will have lots of stipulations about how it will be spent. And, I mean, young people have to take really good care and responsibility because at the end of the day, that still did take a lifetime to build up that financial asset, and it needs to be respected. Indeed it does. Bridget, great to have you back on the show. It's been far too long, and let's not wait three more years before we do it again, okay? Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.